The following podcast was recorded in the Printiverse at Print18. It takes the right skills and the right innovation to design and manage meaningful print marketing solutions. Welcome to Podcast from the Printiverse, where we explore all facets of print and marketing that create meaningful communications and business success. Now, here's your host, the intergalactic ambassador to the Printiverse, Deborah Korn. Thanks, Deb, and thanks, everyone, for coming. It's a real pleasure to be here. My name is Ryan Kiley, and at Rico, I'm responsible for the solutions and services portfolio that we go to market with. So the production printing organization at Rico is called CIP, Commercial and Industrial Printing. It encompasses sheet-fed devices, continuous feed devices, inkjet devices, toner devices, you name it, graphics arts, wide format devices. But all of that portfolio requires workflow. And it's the workflow component of Rico's portfolio that I look after. We're very proud of what we put on the table. The most important thing to me is a successful implementation with a focus on ROI. And I look forward to having some conversations with you about what our software and services portfolio can do. And we really do want to make this interactive. I know people get shy about asking questions, but this is your space. The Printiverse is for the people. If you can't ask a question here, you really should get over yourself. Here's the place to get over it, I guess is what I'm saying. Mike Harold. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks to all of you for being here, taking the time to sit down and enjoy a little food. And yes, please ask questions as you sit there and think about what's going on in your world. Again, my name is Mike Harold. I'm the director of marketing. I've been helping to run our production inkjet business since we first launched that product or the initial product here in Chicago in 2006 is the first time that we showed production continuous fed inkjet. So I've been fortunate to sort of grow up with that market as it's evolved and turned into what it is today. So like, I'll try to give you some updates on where we are from a technology perspective. And then, as Deb said, hopefully answer a few questions. Yeah. Excellent. Jay, what do you do over at Rico? It's a lot. <laughs> I can tell because it, the longer your beard is, the more responsibilities you have at Rico. Most a- people don't have beards. I'm just saying. You it's, can tell who's doing all the work. It's actually how gray it is, is the responsibility right. level. So, Deb, thank you so much. I'm Jay Dizzini, and I'm responsible for our, what we call our product marketing organization inside of commercial industrial print. So I work very closely with the gentleman next to me across the board. So I'm responsible for sheet fed, continuous feed, wide format, sign and graphics, all of our products there. So as Ryan said, we work very closely together, though, to make sure that the hardware we're creating and bringing to market comes together with the workflow and creates a user experience that is going to benefit our customers across the board. That's really our goal and working very close together. So thank you. So what I'm hearing is that you guys have compartmentalized to services and software high-speed production inkjet, correct, Mike? Yeah? And basically, you get everything else down there. Yeah, the relationships with Mike and I is a little different. Mike's on the global side, so I'm representing North America, so we work very closely on how we bring those market, those products to market in the regions. Cool. So, yeah, so Mike's our go-to guy to make sure that we're, we're getting okay. what we need for the customers and delivering the right message. Okay, let's start with Ryan, specifically as it's related to software and services. Let's start with what's new. We're very lucky to have earned several Red Hot Technology Awards here at the show. So we were recognized for our augmented reality solution. Booyah. (laughs) Two new products called Supervisor and Communications Manager. And there was a further six Red Hot Technology Awards for one of our wholly owned subsidiaries, Avanti, and their product Slingshot. So what's new? The answer is a lot. Everything that you've seen us come to market with has been customer-driven. 
was very lucky to look after the Boulder Customer Experience Center for Rico, and I get the opportunity to see a lot of customers. A lot of people come through talking about their problems, issues, challenges, and we co-locate our product development managers in Boulder and take feedback directly from them. That's how we get ideas for new software, for new services. It comes from people just like you. And so Supervisor is a data acquisition, business intelligence, and visualization tool. Right? It's there to help you make sense of all the different components of your shop that are producing data. I don't care if it's the coffee maker or the inserter, there's data coming out of these things and if we can put it in a format that's actionable for you, Supervisor's the tool. It's built on our cloud-based, security-first, Amazon platform, compliant with all of what we were talking about in the last session, HIPAA, GDPR regulations, and it's built for tomorrow's customer and all the data you're going to be inundated with. Uh, how do we get that, collect it, organize it, and make it actionable, put that data to work for you? I was fortunate enough to attend your Interact conference in June, and one thing I've learned, I hang out with a lot of manufacturers, and uh, to me, they all have different personalities, and what I kind of gleam from your business is that you're a service organization that happens to be in the printing business. I've never been around so many printers who just rave about the service that you give them, and one of the things I love is that Regardless of whose technology you might be white labeling or partnering with, you guys take responsibility for fixing it and troubleshooting it. You have the parts. You guys don't ever say to somebody else, eh, you bought it from us, but that's not us. And the reason I did that long preamble is because with all the technologies out there that Rico has and the, all the new capabilities that they have and all the new substrates and the inks, they're must be new ways that you need to support your customers out of this environment. So what are the challenges that the customers are facing that Rico needs to address through their services, like new ones that are, are popping up? We won't go to future ones because that'll be our next part. Yeah, so Deb, that's a great question. I mean... I try. <laughs> one of the things we try to do, and we talked about it, right? How do we wrap these services? And maybe they're not traditional services. We do a lot of little things as well. So think about new technology that we introduce. When we went to our, our five-color station and we introduced these inks like the invisible red that you have here, it's great to introduce them, but how do we help our customers do something with them? You look at what we do with our Business Booster program, which is a program that is specifically built for our customers to learn how to use the technology that they've purchased to be profitable in new ways, in high impact ways. So we take, we're very serious about those programs and the training and the ideas that we can share to make that technology useful. Are they tutorials? Are they videos? Do people come? Do you need to, do they need to engage in a service contract? I mean, how does it work? Well, so the first two, yes, right? We do both, tutorials, videos, everything. But it's not, you don't need to engage in anything. Once you've purchased a Rico piece of equipment, all this content is available to you on the Business Booster program. We want our customers to be successful. We want to be part of that success. You'll hear us talk a lot about the user experience, right? We want to be part of that and partner in it more than just a customer. Also, at the conference, something at the Interact conference, what I also thought was really cool was that you guys were taking feedback from people. So I'm assuming that as these new technologies, and I'm not just lobbying you a question because I really don't know the answer to this, but I'm assuming that 
as like the fifth color stations come up and the printers start getting MacGyvery because they always do. I mean, Jamie, the printer's in the front row and I'm sure he doesn't use a press exactly the way, oops, sorry, if that's going to upset your warranty or anything, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, they, they get tricky. They try to do stuff and as they learn things and interact with you, do you embrace that, that what they're figuring out and put it back as content out there? Without a doubt, that's a huge part of the Interact event you were at, but our daily interactions with some of our, our best, what we call partners, right, not just customers, they're going to push everything to the limit. And if we're not listening to that and providing feedback to my global guys, my engineers, to make sure that we've got the right technology to do what they're doing, what's the point of having those conversations, right? So it is extremely important. I think Ryan on the, on the services side has some great examples of that too, right? Well, just over at the booth, you can see with the engines in Jay's portfolio that the 9200 now comes with inline color registration, automatic front-to-back registration capability, and we can print 13 by 49 and a half inch sheets. We weren't sitting in a room thinking that somebody, trying to find an application for 49 and a half inch sheets, customers said, we want it, right? We want cooler books. We want to do more signage type applications with our chief ed gear. That's how innovation happens. People like you ask for it. We figure out how to make it work and away we go. You're skipping over it because you're so used to doing it. But I can tell you that a lot of the other companies don't operate that way. They're like, this is what you need. And we're telling you how to use it. We're telling you what it works for. And that's it. We're done with this conversation. Hi, Mike. Well, I was going to ask Mike specifically about high-speed inkjet. There's an inkjet wars going on around here. A rumor has it that a lot of the early adopters of inkjet technology, their leases are coming up, and there's a lot of uh, whining and dining going on, so to speak. A lot of changes have taken place since they first bought their equipment. So what is new in Rico's production inkjet? Well, thank, thanks for asking. Yeah, there is a lot changing. There's a lot going on. The market has continued to mature from a technology perspective, a customer adaptation pers- perspective uh, over the past 12 years now. What we've tried to do in Rico is continue to advance the technology to leverage customers' ability to produce a wider variety of applications. So if you look at where Inkjet, at least RollFed or Continuous Fitting Inkjet, started in 2006, 2007, was primarily business or commercial color transaction kind of applications. And now if you stop by the booth and see what we're showing that's coming off the new Ricoh Pro VC70,000, it's astronomically different than what we were running 12 years ago. This is very high coverage, gloss paper, high speed, high ink coverage, very good image quality, repeatably and reliably over time. And so we're enabling more and more of these traditional pages to move to a digital platform so that customers can then leverage the other capabilities of digital as well, too, which is shorter runs, variable content, the ability to speak to an audience of one. Uh, That's really where we've been investing. That's where we've been growing the business. And so we have the ability now to address just about any document production requirement from a production inkjet perspective uh, within our portfolio. So a wide variety of things. And we're going to continue to invest in new fluid types, new platforms, new technologies to support that. And, and we really, I think what makes us different is the ability to wrap these services around that technology. So I think Debbie said earlier, we're a service-led organization. I would flip that and say we are a services-led organization. So yeah. even though I'm a 
hardware marketer, I would say I spend 40% of my time talking to customers about services, whether that's break fix, whether that's consulting services like Ryan and his team provide uh, in a variety of ways, but workflow capabilities, color management, that's a big part of enabling a customer to really leverage this technology. And we spend a lot of our time and resource helping customers understand what it is that Rico brings to the table because I think it's a big differentiator for how we approach not just the high-speed inkjet market, but the sheet fed, the wide format, the consulting area as well too. We really take a well-rounded, full portfolio, services-led, how do we help you develop your business kind of approach to every customer. So when Inkjet first started, there were, let's say, obstacles with priming, drying, substrates. And since people, uh, you know, we're talking about what's new, and if these people out there have have the technology or thinking about it, I'd like to talk about, you know, from now, what's new? How have you addressed some of these challenges? I called them obstacles, but they were really challenges. And some of these challenges prevented people from actually investing in the technology. How has Rico addressed that specifically? Let's not talk about like general, like let's give these people real hard information so they could walk to your booth and ask the next question. Sure, sure. So if we're talking specifically about the 70,000, which as Ryan was talking about, the awards we've won at the show, the 70,000 is also a Red Hot Technology and a Vanguard Award winner uh, because it's a breakthrough kind of platform. What we've done is reinvented the way that paper is dried after it's inked. We've reinvented the way that you can apply the the inks to the paper itself uh, so that we're able to now run a called a commodity offset coated paper at very high speeds with very heavy ink limits uh, without converting that paper but we can also run a lot of uncoated paper as well too so if we talk deb referenced domtar earlier so if you look at inkjet the vast majority of pages are still on an uncoated sheet in terms of transaction direct mail and some other applications But as a vendor, we also recognize there's a lot of opportunity to move into coded areas as well, too, and especially commodity uh, offset coded paper. And so we've invested a lot to be able to do that, but still across the portfolio support a wide variety of pages. So we continue to invest in new fluids. We continue to invest in in new drying technology. Uh, The dryer that's in the the 70,000 that we're talking about today increases the drying capacity by a factor of three with basically no impact in the footprint. Uh, So if you look at what that product brings in terms of a balance of throughput, ink load, media flexibility, print quality. There's nothing else like it in the marketplace today. We know that none of our competitors are sitting still, and and neither will we, but we'll continue to invest in the areas we need to to enable more of these pages to move over from traditional printing platforms. I'm sorry if I didn't hear it or I was confused about it, but does Rico have a priming situation? Like, are you priming paper? Do, does, do papers need to be primed? Is there an additional unit needed? What's going on with all that stuff? So there's two ways to approach the inkjet world. And one is that you're able to produce output on, on a substrate without converting that paper. So you print directly to it. And that's true whether it's, if you look across the inkjet industry, there's a variety of technologies that even an uncoated will require some kind of a priming or conversion to an uncoated paper to get the right quality. And and this is what's part of difficult part of the difficulty of being a potential consumer of this technology is there's so many different varieties and variations of how to uh, produce output. So from our perspective, uh, we actually provide capabilities to go directly to uncoated paper without any kind of uh, fluid to prep that paper. 
from a coded offset paper perspective, we can do both. So we have technologies where we can convert it uh, with one ink, and now with the 70,000, we have the ability to go direct to the offset coded paper without a priming technology. Uh, and with the combination of that and the new dryer, so these new extended gamut inks and the new dryer really enable that high-speed, very good image quality, heavy ink load kind of application. So. You know, there's a variety of ways to address this. We have tried not to pigeonhole ourselves or our customers, so we have the technical capability to do that either way. One of the conversations I've been having recently with printers looking into investing in new print technology is that they really need to back it into their current finishing equipment. They do not want to have to purchase a whole array of finishing equipment to introduce a new printing technology. Taking this to the what's next sort of you know bridge to that, what kind of considerations are you making in the uh, finishing area specifically for inkjet because it seems to be a concern of theirs and then in general of uh, the rest of the portfolio? Yeah, so specifically with inkjet, and then I'm sure Jay will talk uh, about sheepfed as well too. So obviously we have very very tight linkage and partnerships with a variety of finishing providers uh, around the world. So not just in the U.S. but around the world, we have those linkages, and I would say. So if we go back to the history of Inkjet, and when I started talking to customers 11 years ago, I spent 90% of my time talking about how Inkjet technology works. How do we actually put ink on paper? Now, I would say when I'm doing a presentation with a customer, I'm spending about 30% of my time talking about Inkjet technology, another 20% talking about software and services, or maybe 30%. Uh, a lot of it is uh, dedicated to finishing as well, too. That's a big component. And so because we continue to innovate on the technology from an imaging or a print perspective, we have a lot of meetings in advance of publicly available information about the printers with the finishing companies so that they can be developing in accordance with what we're trying to bring to market as well, too, so that we're not coming out with a new print technology that suddenly customers can't finish any output That's on. That's the whole so, point. So they all, the major finishing providers, have advance notice from us on technology, uh, and I'm sure the same is true on the sheet fed side as well. Yeah, definitely. Because there's some new presses out there that you can't put it on any finishing equipment. You have to buy new equipment to right. make it fit, to make it work. Right, yeah. So very similar to what Mike said on the sheet fed side, we take the same approach. We partner with the largest finishing partners out there. But we, we've over the last, say, 10, 15 years, we've taken a different approach where we would partner locally, try to make everything work. Like Deb said, you get to a new model, firmwares wouldn't work. It was a nightmare. And our, our parent company and our engineers in Japan have done a great job of embracing a technology framework with our largest partners and we're way ahead of the curve we're working with these partners that are here today you'll see them around on future products today and what we're going to announce two years from now so that we know we have that kind of connectivity we know we can work in existing environments we know that we have to continue to work that way so that's been an important change as rico has grown in the, the uh, commercial industrial print ranges We've got to provide that full package, and we've got to think about the investments that our printers are making and make sure we are partnering that way. So, You guys, if you haven't been on a panel yet, I'd like to introduce you to Jamie the printer. He's sitting in the front row with the antennas. Uh, the antennas. Jamie, I said antennas. I'm sorry. I'm tired, Faye. Antennas. Jamie is from Allegra Princeton. He is a real printer. He comes here on his own time to sit here and watch the panels ask questions, help me keep you guys honest because I'm not a printer. I don't buy your machinery. I need to understand if what you're saying it does or the capabilities are what it actually happens in real life. And Jamie knows what is going on in the booth and he has been 
collecting questions in his shop and in other places. And in a lot of ways, uh, the things that Jamie would ask is what anybody would ask you who's a potential prospect or customer or whatever you guys call it. So in a lot of ways, his questions are very important to everybody out there. So, Jamie, hopefully you have a question for them. Yes, excellent. Hello, everybody. Uh, Going back to what we talked about clickable paper in the last discussion. It's not actually the paper. You're not selling the paper. We can use Domtar's paper. We can use coded paper. It's your software on your equipment that makes it clickable. And just want to expand on that so people just don't realize it's we're buying paper from Rico. We're, it's your equipment. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what size is the ream of your clickable paper? Is, uh, we get that a lot. Okay. No, clickable paper is image recognition technology. All right, You can make everything from soft signage to a bus wrap to a book clickable with our AR technology. And just like Facebook recognizes your mug when you upload a picture, this will recognize the dots on the page however it was printed, traditionally, digitally, inkjet, or otherwise. So we can use it on offset or wide format and... And And you don't have to print it new, right? You can make a piece that you produced years ago clickable today because it's just image recognition. There's no embedded codes. There's no funny business. It's just recognizing the dots on the page. So if you wanted to make the Declaration of Independence clickable, you can do it. You don't have to go to the printer. Great. Thank you. Do you have a question about presses? No? Oh, question. Dante. Awesome. Can somebody give Dante? We could take Jamie's mic. Somebody can help. Thank you so much. Hi, Dante. Hi, Deb. This is awesome. This is an awesome event. Don't you guys love this? This is so awesome. Anyway, question for Ryan. The clickable paper, which is what Deb said earlier about the name, is it a way to white label that? Because if I do that for a client, clickable paper is going to give me a lot of problems. They're going to be asking ream size. They're going to be asking, you know, all kind of silly stuff that I'm going to be like, oh. My C1S clickable paper. Right. Okay. Is there a way for me to white label that app where I can download it and put my own brand on it? I know I can brand the icon, but can I... Do the actual app. Yes, sir. So there's three different licensing models for clickable paper. Number one is to use our generic app that's out there. That's used mostly for proofs of concepts. Number two is to brand an app your own. That means launch it in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store under your name, your brand name, your product name. And you get to choose the iconography and the text and the things that go around it. It is still at its core, essentially still clickable paper, but it has no remnants and you can't tell it was made by Rico. And the third option is our SDK that would allow you to take our AR technology, Rico Visual Search, and stuff it into an existing app that already might have a footprint out in your your customer's phones. So if you have a well-known brand that has an app presence, you've got an app doing whatever your app does, that's great. We can add on the clickable technology to it, giving you, you know, instant access to all those phones and users. So just one follow-up, where is it hosted at? Are you hosted on AWS or can I host this on Google Cloud or does, does that matter or can, it, it, can I do my own it, thing? It's in AWS. Look how popular your clickable paper is. Oh, yes, John has Probably a question from Domtar. So Interesting. Uh, here comes Klaus, who's now the new Oprah here. Thank you, Klaus. <laughs> hey, Klaus is, is Oprah. All right, this has been a fun event. Thank you. This is primarily for Mike. When you look back over the history of your inkjet sales, since you introduced the IP many, many years ago, yeah. are you finding that your customers are, A, replacing an existing press, B, adding a second or third press, or C, first-time inkjet purchasers? 
Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I'd say there's some examples of each of those. But predominantly, of all the inkjet systems that we put out in the marketplace, they're still in production. Right. So there's very few machines that we put out there. And, and so for those of you that may not know, there's right now, so we first showed a product in 2006. And between all the vendors, there's about 36, 3,700 inkjet engines installed in the world today. Uh, we have a very good chunk of that. You know, we're probably close to a thousand ourselves. And if you look at how those things were, how those platforms were originally put in place and what they did, we've continued to invest in the technology over time. So those customers that put in a 5,000, you know, 11 years ago, the VAT, I would say 98% of those are still working today. And we've upgraded them over time. But they've also, to other, your other part of the question, they've added new engines. Uh, some of them have added new technology. So some of them may have had some Infoprint 5000s. And now they've added some uh, Ricoh Pro VC 60000s because they may needed some more speed or higher print quality, different application. So there is a mix of that. There are you know some that are, a lot of them, really almost all of them are still in production today. And some customers have replaced with new technology. And we've moved that platform to another customer that, that wanted to get something that was refurbished versus brand new. And then we've got a lot of customers that are adding net new technology as first-time consumers as, as well. Uh, and when we see that, it is more because the inkjet market in transaction and even in direct mail is a little more mature. Where we see new platforms going are in plants. We see it going into commercial print or graphic arts because a lot of those pages, because the technology wouldn't support it before. And that's why we've made some of the investments we've had to help customers move some of those applications over. So those are really more the net new customers today. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yep. Okay, so going to the what's next, can you tell everybody a little bit about the investments that you're making back in research and development and perhaps a little insight into the products that will be coming out to shortly or the direction that you're going in? Ryan, start with you. Workflow is always topical. <laughs> well, in terms of investment, is, is the number 3.6%? Yeah, we invest 3.6% of our annual revenues back into R&D. We have research and development organizations around the world that focus not just on hardware, they focus on software, DFEs, and workflow. All right, our portfolio will always include the best in class and a, and a variety of solutions that meet a variety of customers' different requirements, but we'll never stop innovating on behalf of all of you. All right, our acquisitions over the past several years have moved from hardware into solutions. All right? When we were merging and acquiring with Hitachi, with Lanier, with Icon, we were talking about footprint, we were talking about service technicians, we were talking about coverage, intellectual property, and engine technology. Now you see our acquisitions have moved into IBM Printing Systems Division, which got us a, an awful lot, uh, I think the, the best mailing solution on the planet in, in Rico Process Director. We invested and then ultimately acquired Avanti as a print MIS provider. And we invested in and ultimately acquired Marcom Central as a digital asset management or a marketing asset management tool. That's our direction, right? Uh, continue to innovate on behalf of all of you here. And you've seen just by our history that we've moved from the technology or the, the hardware side of it into solutions and workflow. Inkjet, what's next? So the, the other thing that to build on what Ryan talked about in terms of the overall investment in R&D that we take out of the revenue for RICO every year, which is yeah, around 3%, 3.6%. Uh, the other thing that's been mentioned publicly as well, too, is that so uh, Ryan described our commercial and industrial print business, or CIP, 
uh, earlier in the day. And so if you come visit us in the booth, basically everything you see in the booth is the CIP business for Rico. So that's software, sheet fed, wide format, uh, roll fed or production inkjet as well. Uh, our CEO, Jake Yamashita, has been very public that he's going to, uh, the corporation will invest over the next three years a billion dollars into this CIP business. So that's over and above the net R&D investment that we make every year. So obviously that will be an additional bolster to us as an organization from not just a technology perspective, but uh, a capability and a go-to-market perspective as well too. So I say that because that represents a huge commitment from the Rico company to the business, the CIP business that's represented here at Print 18 this week. Specifically for inkjet, so we always talk about the three things, which are speed, quality, and cost, right? Those are the three primary requirements in digital production print devices. Uh, haven't changed since I've been in the business, but so we will continue to invest in ways to help our customers be more cost effective, uh, whether that's helping them understand how to leverage the technology they use, how to grow the business based on the investment that we've made w with us. We do a lot of partnership with customers after they've installed a device to really help them grow the business. So we will invest in the resource it takes to help customers partner and grow. Uh, but also from a technology perspective, we will continue to invest in new fluid types or inks, anything that helps the reliability, availability of the system, which is already very good, but we'll continue to improve that because that's a cost or availability or speed component as well too. And obviously to continue to improve print quality, anything that we can do to drive up print quality, whether it's color gamut, resolution, any aspect there that really helps move more and more pages over to what we believe is a much more effective print production platform uh, than how these things have been done in the past. We're investing in ways to do that constantly. Thank you so much, Jay. We'll hear from you, and then we'll wrap it up. Sure. So on the sheet-fed side, you know, we've just introduced our, our new flagship color products, the 9200 series, 7200 series. But the important message there is we don't just launch it and leave it. What we'll continue to do is look at the capabilities of these products and look for new, consistent, affordable, high-impact applications that we can share with our partners. Things like the fifth color, we'll continue to invest in new colors and new applications there to drive more value. And we'll, you'll start to see some new monochrome products from us in the in the next six to eight months, which is you know we we need to refresh there. Wow, that's important to us. Yeah, and you know we'll focus a lot in the next six months on growing our sign and graphics business inside a wide format. We've got some great technology in the inkjet side that we've acquired, as Ryan said, and we've shared it with a lot of partners and other manufacturers. And it's time to for us to look at our own products and say how do we introduce this technology back into sign and graphics and You'll see in, in, in the next few weeks us talking about some new products in that area, flatbed, wide format, and wow, things like that. Yeah. So, Excellent. Well, there's never been a better time to take a look at Rico. Their booth is 301. Oh, come on. I've been doing podcasts with you for, for six months. I can... Oh, 20 bucks? No, well, you paid a little more than that for the podcast. <laughs> just want to mention that. Uh, it's serious, though. There's really never been a better time to take a look at Rico. One of the reasons, uh, besides their service organization that I love about them, is that they really do listen to people. So you're going to see things in their booth that are achievable and reachable by what I would like to just call the regular people. You know, these are... You know, somebody who buys a Rico Press might also have to have taken out a loan on their business. I mean, these are dis life-changing decisions that they're making on these technologies. These are not people necessarily rolling up and buying 17 presses at a time and printing for global brands, you know. 
that press needs to work from the minute they have it. They need the service when they need it, and they cannot their shop cannot be down. And there was not one person that I spoke with at the Interact conference that didn't teach me that about you. They didn't echo what you were saying. They were saying it to me first. And you were actually echoing what they were saying. So for that, I would like to thank you from the people for being so approachable and for certainly for sponsoring this lunch for partnering with me you guys sponsor my podcast channel you deal with brian dollard so you should get an award as it is shout out to my dollard he's awesome the patriot wherever you are and thank you so much um everybody rico's in 3011 website take a look at ricoproduction.com or i think take a look at rico just redirects at that point but thank you so much for your time here and at home You've been listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. We'd love to hear your feedback on our shows and topics that are of interest for future broadcasts. Please connect with us through printmediacenter.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts for alerts on new shows. Until next time, thank you for joining us and listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. Print long and prosper. Prosper.